In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. With the first pick in the 2009 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Matthew Stafford. Quarterback. Stafford, step it up. Going left side. Watch Calvin. And so got him. Oh, baby, that was a rocket. And it's picked off. Intercepted by Darius Slade. No one will catch him. Touchdown, Hello, welcome to another episode of the Michael Rothstein Show. I am your host, Michael Rothstein. This episode brought to you by Indeed and by Bet Online. Happy early holidays to you as it is Thanksgiving this week. And before we get into the mess that was the Lions' shutout loss to the Carolina Panthers, we'll just cover this really quick. Today, we've got the recap of Sunday's loss. Tomorrow, we will have a mailbag filled with all of your questions. Wednesday, we will have our weekly guest. And then no podcasts on Thursday, at least as of now, unless uh, I get another guest. And then we'll kind of figure out what happens there. Probably have a podcast uh, Thursday for Friday out of the Lions game. And then We'll get back to the normal schedule next week. At least that's right now, as of now. Perhaps could change a little bit, at least at the end of the week. So, honestly, I know I've said it a few times, but I don't even know where to start anymore. I just don't. That was atrocious. The Lions lost to Carolina 20 to nothing. It was terrible. It was horrible. It was a pathetic display of football offensively and from the coaching staff. The defense did okay, even though they were facing a backup quarterback, a first-time starting quarterback, and Carolina didn't have Christian McCaffrey. So we'll get to the defense, but we have to start on the offense because the offense was just bad. Matthew Stafford couldn't get going. He didn't throw a touchdown pass. His best play, which was a flea flicker, got waved off because of an illegal formation on Marvin Jones after Marvin Jones caught the touchdown pass. The illegal formation was before the obviously caught the touchdown pass. And everything else just didn't work. The game plan was way too conservative considering Carolina's defense is poor. They were without their top cornerback. Their third down defense is horrendous. Going into the game, Carolina was giving up 55% of third downs. So more than one out of every two times, the opponent was staying on the field on third down. The Lions, what did they do on Sunday? 14 times they got in a third down. 
three, count it three times, they actually converted. That's terrible. The run game, which Matt Patricia loves his running, they ran the ball 17 times. Eventually had to stop because of game script. They gained 40 yards on those 17 rushes. 2.4 yards per carry. No running back had longer than an 8-yard run from on Johnson. Matthew Stafford completes 54.5% of his passes. No touchdowns, no interceptions, 5.4 yards per attempt. Sacked five times. The left side of the line, which has two potential Pro Bowl players in Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker, just not as effective. Taylor Decker had a rough day being beat a few different times. Frank Ragnow had a very, very rare bad snap back to Matthew Stafford that led to a forced fumble. Derek Brown made his life miserable. Brian Burns was a problem for Taylor Decker. Both those guys, by the way, Lions could have had instead of TJ Hawkinson. And you know how I feel about TJ Hawkinson. I think that that was a good pick and, and will prove to be so. Instead, of, And you could have Brian Burns. Could have had Derek Brown, who would have solved maybe your biggest need, instead of Jeff Okuda. And again, I don't necessarily think Okuda was a bad pick. I think there's a lot of potential there that remains to be seen. As we've said on this podcast over and over, corner is a tough position to transition to the NFL with. It's, it's a harder position than the interior of the defensive line. But Derek Brown would have been a player on this defense. Would have solved a lot of problems, both with the pass rush that they don't get from Nick Williams up the middle and stopping the run. Derek Brown would have solved those things. But instead, the Lions had to contend with them, and it did not go well. The receivers, they kind of did what they could, but Marvin Jones had four catches, 51 yards off of six targets, and again, had the touchdown nullified. TJ Hawkinson, bad drop, bad block in the first half. Seven targets, four catches for 68 yards, and he had at least one, if not two, drops. Everyone else, kind of not really effective at all. Jamal Agnew caught three of six passes for 10 yards. The explosion for him wasn't there. Filling in for Danny Amendola in the slot. Marvin Hall, three catches for 16 yards. They didn't even really try him deep. Jesse James, one catch for three yards. Adrian Peterson dropped a pass. Quintez Cephas, one catch, nine yards, two targets. Like, just nothing out of that receiver core other than Marvin Jones and TJ Hawkinson. The run game, like I said, non-existent. The offensive line, not good. The game plan was was terrible. It, it was just, it was conservative. They just, uh, sorry if I sound frustrated in it. Because you're just, eventually you watch so much bad football that you just don't understand it. Because... They continually try to run Adrian Peterson back-to-back. Back. I think it was three of the first four drives. At one point in those drives, they ran Peterson on back-to-back back downs. And it never works. Or I shouldn't say never. Hardly ever works. Yet, it's what they do over and over again. Just doesn't make sense. Just It's not improving. None of it is. Which leads to this. After the game, Matt Patricia was asked basically by me, by Dave Burkett, by a couple of other people, essentially, hey, 
what's up with your coaching situation? Where are you at? What's the deal? And I'm going to read all of those to you now. This is from me. Because Patricia, you know the drill by now. He says, play better, coach better. That's his kind of crutch. So my question. You said play better, coach better. Why at this point should people believe that you're the coach to get them to play better and coach better considering what's been out there so far? Matt Patricia's answer. Quote, look, we're going to go out there every day and try to do the best we can to improve, and that's the bottom line. That's what we do. So from that aspect of it, we've got to go to work. We've got to do some things better and go out and practice it and go out and perform it. That's what this game is. Obviously, execution is going to go one way or another, and unfortunately, it didn't go very well for us today, so we got to get it turned around. End quote. My follow-up question. Why does it keep happening? What is it about the coaching, the execution that's just not translating and hasn't translated for most of the last couple of years? Patricia, quote, again, every week is different from that standpoint. Obviously didn't go the way we needed it to this week. Some weeks it is. It has and some weeks it is not. Just have to be consistent with it. End quote. My question again, has your confidence in yourself gotten shaken at this point? Patricia, quote, nope. We just come to work every day and go, I think from that standpoint, you know, just got a quick turnaround here, so we got to get going, end quote. This came from other reporters. Dave Burkett from the Detroit Free Press, frequent guest on this show, asks Matt Patricia how safe he feels as in his job as the head coach. Quote from Patricia. I think, again, for us, we just focus one week at a time on all that stuff. I've had a philosophy for a long time. I go to work every day to try and earn, to earn my job. That's just what I do. That doesn't matter if it's coaching, doing engineering. I don't care if I'm in school. Look, I'm just going to work, to go to work and work hard. We all know that. We know that we're in the NFL. That's what it is. So we have to go do better, end quote. So then Burkett asked if he felt like he's earned the right to continue coaching the Lions. Patricia's answer, quote, I mean, again, I'm just going to do what I do here and just go to work here. We're going to get on the plane. We're going to grade the film. We're going to get back tonight and get ready to go, end quote. It's just the answers are the same. The answers are more consistent than the play on the field. If the play on the field from the Lions was as consistent as Matt Patricia's answers of needing to get better and do better off of the field, Matt Patricia wouldn't have to answer those questions because the Lions would be one of the best teams in the NFL. It's it, his his ability to answer questions after games and, and stay on message is very impressive, but it doesn't give you any answers to what is actually going on with this team. And it's... I'm sure it's frustrating for fans. I know that because I hear it from you. I get text messages from friends of mine that are fans. I see it on Twitter. I see it on Instagram. I see it on Facebook. So I understand your frustration. All we can do is ask the questions and continue to ask the questions to try and get the answers to the questions that you have. But it's just... It's just not there. And when you look at it and you look at this, there has been no progress. There has been no step forward. There has been no growth. It's just not there. It just hasn't been there. And 
if Sheila Ford Hamp is really judging this based off of major improvement, then, I mean, she should just look at what she sees, and she's going to see that there isn't major improvement. They will definitely not, unless they basically at this point have to win out to do better than the 9-7 and seven when Jim Caldwell got fired at this point, because they're 4-6. and six. So the only way they can get there is by being 10-6. and six. I think at this point we all know that's not going to happen, especially considering their December slate. It would take... It would be shocking if it did. So I, I don't even know anymore what to say because the improvement, if you're judging the improvement based off of last year, well, I mean, they were a, around a 500 team when Matthew Stafford got hurt. If you want to judge it from 2018, well, they won six games then, and we'll see if they're able to win six games this year under Matt Patricia. Like the improvement just hasn't been there. Like there's been regression this team still is making the same mistakes they used to. They're the same team they were a couple of years ago. Lack of consistency. Questionable game plans, often too conservative. And that's now over two offensive coordinators. So you wonder how much of that is being dictated, perhaps, by the offensive coordinator's boss. A defensive game plan that is questionable. And special teams that are good. This year, their special teams are good. We'll get more into this game. We'll get a little bit more into the defense and a little bit more into all of this right after the break because we got to take one right here at the Michael Ross. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over, much to the happiness of probably everybody. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. That's right, no long-term contracts. And now Indeed's new, new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visiting Indeed each month, according to Comscore, total visits. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Faster than even Matt Prater's 59-yard field goal went through the uprights. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. And football, as we have seen, is very much back in full swing. And you might not be at a game this year, only 
500 or so people can be in Lions games over the last couple of home games, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day. Every day, head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use that promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Thanks for sticking with us, and we are breaking down or attempting to, I guess, at least. The 20 to nothing Lions loss to Carolina that basically all but ended their season. Tough to see a path to any sort of postseason now. Again, they are mostly when they are winning games are beating bad teams. They're also losing to bad teams. Is Carolina not a good football team? A well-coached football team, but one clearly rebuilding. Again, down a starting quarterback, down a... MVP caliber running back down a left tackle down their best corner and they just looked way better than the Lions way better so let's hit on a couple of other things first Matt Patricia's at it again with rotations and while I understand what they're trying to do this time at corner versus last year when they were rotating at guard and it literally made zero sense why I at least understand the concept of why you would rotate at corner now. Because the person you're trying to rotate in is your number three overall pick, Jeff Okuda. And to me, I at least understand why you would attempt to do that. Because you want to get him playing time. You want to get him experience. This is where the lack of spring, lack of preseason, lack of true training camp, lack of joint practices matters. Because... You don't want him to completely sit for a year, so you have to find ways to work him in. But what they're doing in doing so is they're taking out of the game their best cornerback, who is Amani Awarie. He has been their best cornerback all year. So to take him off the field at this point is nonsensical. It's just wrong. I don't understand why you do it. He had an interception in the end zone on Philip Walker that really helped keep the game close early on. Desmond Trufant, you play, A, you paid him, but B, he's still a pretty good cornerback. Right now, he's better for the Lions than Jeff Okuda if you're trying to win now. So I get why Desmond Trufant will play. To me, if you're going to rotate guys, I would rotate Trufant and Okuda because whether you're here or not, the Lions' long-term plan should be at corner at least on the outside, to be Owarie and Okuda. So if you need to get time for a player, you, you should probably rotate those two guys. Now, they did that a little bit, but you should just not be taking Amani Owarie off the field because he could also use that experience. Here is the other thing when it comes to experience. I get that you want to get Jeff Okuda more snaps. I understand that. But Jeff Okuda did get a good amount of snaps already because when Desmond Trufant was hurt the large part of the first half of the season... Jeff Okuda played a lot. So it's not like he doesn't have a grasp of it. 
Like, I go back to 2013, and I remember Darius Slay. Darius Slay started the season as a starter. It did not go well for Darius Slay. So then Jim Schwartz sat, and Gunther Cunningham sat Darius Slay down, and they made him watch for a while. And Darius Slay even said that he learned so much from being able to do that that when he got forced back into playing again, I believe when Chris Houston got hurt, he was a better cornerback for it. And it helped make helped turn him into the Pro Bowl corner that he was for the Lions and is still playing at a very high level in Philly. So there's no shame in having to sit Jeff Okuda and having him watch for a game or two and rolling with your two best cornerbacks who are Amani Awarie and Desmond Trufant. There's no harm in that because Jeff Okuda might learn something. Jeff Okuda is a very smart player. He's somebody who very much fashions himself as a student of the game, someone who's very a technician, very tactical, very much somebody who likes studying it. You could go back and read the story I wrote about him after the draft, and he would love studying opposing receivers. So he will learn. It's not like he's the type of player that will, if he gets benched, just you know go into a shell. That's not Jeff Okuda from any metric of talking to him or talking to people around him. He'll learn from it. So right now, why are you taking Amani Awarie off the field? Just don't understand it if you're the Lions. Rotations have not worked at those types of positions for Detroit. I know people say, well, they rotate at running back and they rotate at other spots. Tight end. Sure, but... Most times, tight ends and running backs aren't playing 100% of the snaps anyway. Very often, corners are playing 100% of the snaps, much like offensive linemen, and it just doesn't make sense why you're doing it. It it does from the extent of wanting to get Jeff Okuda playing time, and I can't fault him for that, but when you're trying to win games and the playoffs are on the line, when Jeff Okuda's out there early and just has no shot on a 52-yard pass reception, none, he just gets beat from the line, and it's over. And it's the biggest play of the game. Happens early. That's a big, big problem if you are the Lions. That's a big problem. I still believe that Jeff Okuda is going to be a really good cornerback one day. I absolutely believe that. I think he has all of the skills. I think he's got all of the talent. But it's not an easy position to transition to. So at this point, if you're the Lions, you you probably should be sitting him down for now. Now, if you're out of it, or say they move on from Matt Patricia here, and you want to just play your young players, then play him. But don't play him at the cost of Amani Awarie, another player who could really use the reps. (sighs) Sorry, it's just something that really frustrates me. Defensively, otherwise, they didn't get the pressure on... P.J. Walker. Just didn't happen. Now, he's a much more mobile quarterback than Alex Smith, a faster quarterback than Alex Smith, but still his first start, and it felt like the Lions didn't do much to mix him up, didn't do much to fluster him or frustrate him anywhere except for the goal line where he threw two really bad passes that were picked by Awari and Trufant. Like, it, it just seemed like they didn't, they didn't do it. I'll be curious what the man zone numbers look like when they come out because I'll be very curious to see how much man they played versus zone. Obviously I wrote about that earlier in the week. We'll see if that trend still holds, but 
I look at otherwise who played well for the Lions, and it's almost all on defense. thought Jamie Collins had a pretty good day. Nine tackles, a pass defense, was a big part of John Penasini's sack because the way he read the way he read it forced Walker to scramble and then forced Penasini to get his zero yard sack. Thought Penasini played well. He's a, get, turning into a serviceable run stopper, which for a sixth round pick as a rookie, you'll take it. He's also got some speed. I like what I saw there. Thought Trufant had a pretty good game. Couple passes, defense, and interception. Thought Awarie had a pretty good game. Pass, defense, interception, five tackles. Romeo Quara did get the team's only quarterback hit. Thought he played all right. Those are fits and starts, though, right? Those are like here and there situations. Thought Everson Griffin, even though he didn't put up the stats, played okay. Made some really good decisions. Because sometimes those stats don't come for defensive ends. So there were some some bright spots on the defense, but still, to give up what they gave up to PJ Walker, it's just not good. I mean, they still gave up they gave up five point three yards of play, which is not bad, but they gave up three hundred seventy four yards. They gave up three point four yards of rush, not bad, but they gave up one hundred sixteen rushing yards. They gave up seven point two yards per attempt, passing wise, like. The score could have been so much worse if Walker didn't throw those two interceptions in the end zone, and, and neither one of those passes were particularly good. Particularly true Font's interception. Like, there was no one there. So this could have been a lot worse than the score indicated. Without a doubt. That's a problem. That's a big problem. So what does all this mean? Frankly, probably means that I just don't I don't see where Matt Patricia is able to turn this around at this point. I just don't see it. I I know that, you know, that's maybe not the most fair thing in the world and he still got the job and he's still the head coach and I get that. And as if you've listened to this podcast at all this year, you know that I don't love talking about guys getting fired. Not even because of them, even though it's jobs and livelihoods, but because of their families and what their families have to go through and they have no this is not their fault. This is not anything they did, but it's time. It's just not working. And there's no sense at all that it's going to work. Look at it this way. There is a decent chance, at least, that the Pittsburgh Steelers will win more games this season than Matt Patricia has won in three seasons. There is a chance, without a doubt, that that could happen, considering right now the Steelers are 10 and 0 and the Lions have won 13 games under Matt Patricia. Like that's where this is right now for the Lions. And that's just awful. Like the Lions are closer to where they were at the start of last decade than they were where they were 3 years ago when Matt Patricia took over. Because when they were 3 years ago when Matt Patricia took over, They were a competitive team that was in the middle of the pack that if things bounced the right way, like we saw in 2014, they were potentially a really good team. Or in 2016, they were at least a playoff team. This isn't even a ball bounced the wrong way situation. This is just it just hasn't worked. Because even you could point to the the fourth quarter failures and some of the last second losses, except for the fact that they happen over and over again 
to the Lions instead of the Lions having that happen to other teams. Because remember, this team was four or five inches of a Todd Gurley fall away from losing to the Falcons. And yes, they were also a DeAndre Swift catch away from beating the Bears in the opener. And who knows what changes them. But you just look at it and you say, you can, you can point to the positives versus the negatives there. And it still comes down to pretty much the same thing. It's just not working. There just is not the improvement there. Those meaningful games in December look more and more like a pipe dream. And the only question left with this season now is whether or not Matt Patricia, where what this is going to look like at the end of it for Matt Patricia and for Bob Quinn. And so far with what you've seen, I don't know how you can think that this will end positively. Just don't. I mean, where has the improvement been? Where? I'd love to know because I haven't seen it. They have pieces, and they have pieces to build around. And I'm sure we'll have plenty of time in December to get into that. But right now, where is it? What is it? DeAndre Swift? Okay. Sure. He's a really good player. Kenny Galladay? Okay. But he's not locked up beyond this season, and maybe you can argue next season because they'll use the franchise tag. TJ Hawkinson? Sure. Absolutely. But... As good as I think he can be and and potentially will be, he needs to be more consistent. Taylor Decker? Absolutely, even though he didn't have a great game today. Frank Ragnow? Sure, even though he didn't have a great game today. Jonah Jackson? Yeah, I think that there's really something there, even though he didn't have a great game today. Terrell Crosby? Yeah. But again, didn't have a great game today. Defensively, what are you looking at? Romeo Okwara? Sure, he is having a fantastic season. But he's a free agent after the year, and you're going to have to decide whether or not you want to pay him. Trey Flowers? Yeah, he's under contract, and he's a good player. Linebackers? I don't even know. I don't know where you start. Maybe Jelani Tavai because he's under contract, but he seems like he's not someone who's going to be able to play in certain schemes. So you need to figure out that. In the defensive backfield, Ron Harmon's a good player, but he's in a contract year. And maybe not a long-term solution at safety. Tracy Walker hasn't had the best year. I think he's potentially a guy you can build around still. But you need to make sure that it works in the defense you're playing. And also, he's a year away from needing a new contract. Amani Awarie, yes, you can build around him. Jeff Okuda, yes, I believe you'll be able to build around him. But other than that, what, what do you got? John Penasini? Sure. He, he's somebody that you could potentially build around on the interior of the defensive line, but who knows how much he can really do because that's still up in the air. And again, that can be very schematic dependent. So there's a lot of questions, a lot of things that you, you can wonder what if about this team. And if they do move on from Matt Patricia and from Bob Quinn, there's going to be a lot of turnover again because that's just going to be what happens because of the way this team is. Now, some of the contracts are going to be maybe stuck with for a little while, but it's going to be really interesting to see what they do and how they do it. Because I think that this, this is setting up. It feels like for a massive turnover in the front office in the coaching staff. And due to that on the roster, it's going to, it feels more and more like this is heading toward a rebuild with every week that goes by and every game like this win or loss, because last week, even though they beat Washington, it did not feel like something that you could really build off of considering how they won. Special teams, Jamal Agnew is a good returner, but 
he's in a contract year. So you're going to you're going to keep him as a returner and you commit to him as your slot receiver. Didn't really like what I saw out of him today. But again, I still think he's raw. I could use a full offseason there. And again, who knows how the new if there is a new coaching staff, how they feel about that. And if there is a new GM, how the new GM feels about that. Jack Fox, you can absolutely build around, but that's a punter. Matt Prater, probably have to make a decision there. I would keep Matt Prater, even though he's had a rough year this year. Uh, but you have to figure out what's going on with that operation. And if it is Prater, that's the problem. If it's Fox, that the pro- is the problem as the holder. Or if it's Don Mulebach, that's the problem as the long snapper. You need to figure that out. And you need to have Braden Combs figure that out. And by the way, he's your bright spot as a coach. Him, Steve Gregory, and Kyle Kasky. Those are, those are your bright spots, by the way, as coaches this year, too. Sean Ryan's done a pretty good job with Matthew Stafford. I look more at last year than this year. But right now, Daryl Bevel's game plans are too conservative offensively. Corey Undland as a defensive coordinator, it's not going well. Braden Combs, as I said, going really well. Steve Gregory, I think, has a lot of potential as a young coach. I think you've seen the growth in Amani Awarie. It can point to that. I think you can look at, at some of the way some of the other guys have played. J. Ron Curse has been a pretty good addition for the Lions. And I think you can point to those things and say, all right, well, he, you know, he's doing a pretty good job there. Running backs, look at what DeAndre Swift has done. That's pretty good for Kyle Kasky. And I think he's a good young coach as well. But there's just a lot there that you need to figure out if you're the Lions. And Robert Prince, also, good coach. He's developed Kenny Galladay. And I think you've seen flashes from Quintez Cephas. You've seen flashes from Marvin Hall. He's helped Marvin Jones' development. So I think there are pieces, but there's just a lot that needs to be figured out with this organization right now and not sure where all that goes and when it happens. But the way it's going right now, it's just not going well for Detroit, and it's tough to see a path forward for where it will go well for Matt Patricia. Maybe I end up being wrong. Maybe he's miraculously able to turn it around. But after almost two and three quarters of seasons – of seeing essentially the same thing over and over again. It's really tough to see how that happens and how that happens in time for him to keep his job. Just really don't necessarily see it. Thank you all for listening. As always, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Mike Rothstein. Follow me on Facebook at Michael Rothstein. Journalist, you can leave us a five-star review if you'd be so kind, wherever you listen to your podcasts. We appreciate you listening. I appreciate you listening. And like I said, we will be back and chat with you tomorrow.